You're listening to a podcast from Spencer Poetry and Performance, a collaboration between the International Spencer Society and Shakespeare's Globe. The conference took place at Shakespeare's Globe on the 12th and 13th of June, 2017. This podcast features a selection of pivot readings from Panel 2, Performing Lyric, Poetry's Music. The first pivot reading was stanzas 5 and 6 of Epithalamium. Awake now, my love, awake, for it is time. The rosy morn long since left Tython's bed, already to her silver coach to climb, and Phoebus skins to show his glorious head. Hark how the cheerful birds do chant their lays and carol of love's praise. The merry lark, her matin, sings aloft. The thrush replies, the mavis descant plays, the owl shrills, the ruddock warbles soft, so goodly all agree with sweet consent to this day's merriment. Oh, my dear love, why do ye sleep thus long, when meeter were that ye should now awake, to wait the coming of your joyous make, and hearken to the birds' love-learned song, the dewy leaves among. For they of joy and pleasance to you sing, that all the woods them answer and their echo ring. My love is now awake out of her dreams, and her fair eyes like stars that dimmed were, with darksome cloud now show their goodly beams more bright, than Hesperus his head doth rear. Come now, ye damsels, daughters of delight, help quickly her to dight, but first come ye fair hours which were begot in Jove's sweet paradise of day and night, which do the seasons of the year allot, and all that ever in this world is fair do make and still repair. And ye three handmaids of the Cyprian queen, the which do still adorn her beauty's pride, help to adorn my beautifullest bride, And as ye her array, still throw between some graces to be seen. And as ye used to Venus, to her sing. The whiles the woods shall answer, and your echo ring. The second pivot reading was Morpheus Asleep, Sound of Bees, from Book One, Canto One, stanzas 39 to 43 of The Fairy Queen. He making speedy way through spursed air, and through the world of waters wide and deep, to Morpheus' house, doth hastily repair amid the bowels of the earth full steep and lo where dawning day doth never peep his dwelling is there tethys his wet bed doth ever wash and cynthia still doth steep in silver dew his ever drooping head while sad night over him her mantle black doth spread whose double gates he findeth locked fast The one fair-framed of burnished ivory, the other all with silver overcast. And wakeful dogs before them far do lie, watching to banish care their enemy, who oft is wont to trouble gentle sleep. By them the sprite doth pass in quietly, and unto Morpheus comes, whom drowned deep in drowsy fit he finds, of nothing he takes keep, and more, to lull him in his slumber soft, a trickling stream from high rock tumbling down, and ever drizzling rains upon the loft, mixed with a murmuring wind, much like the sound of swarming bees did cast him in a swoon. No other noise, nor people's troublous cries, as still are wont to annoy the wall in town, might there be heard, But careless quiet lies, wrapped in eternal silence, far from enemies. 
the messenger, approaching to him spake, but his wast words returned to him in vain. So sound he slept, that naught mought him awake. Then rudely he him thrust and pushed with pain, where it he gan to stretch. But he again shook him so hard that forced him to speak. As one then in a dream, whose drier brain is tossed with troubled sighs and fancies weak, he mumbled soft, but would not all his silence break. The third pivot reading was Not Under Heaven, from Book 5, Canto 6, stanzas 1 to 2 of The Fairy Queen. Not under heaven, so strongly doth allure the sense of man, and all his mind possess as beauty's lovely bait, that doth procure great warriors off their rigour to repress, and mighty hands forget their manliness. Drawn with the power of a heart-robbing eye, and wrapped in fetters of a golden tress that can with melting pleasance mollify their hardened hearts, inured to blood and cruelty. So Willem learned that mighty Jewish swain, each of whose locks did match a man in might to lay his spoils before his layman's train. So, also, did that great Etian knight, for his love's sake his lion's skin undight, and so did warlike Antony neglect the world's whole rule for Cleopatra's sight. Such wondrous power hath women's fair aspect to captive men, and make them all the world reject. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Spencer Poetry and Performance, a collaboration between the International Spencer Society and Shakespeare's Globe.